Hey, hi, hello, friends. Welcome to episode nine of Breaking Bell, the podcast where I share crazy personal stories and cover TMI lifestyle topics. Today, I am back with another special guest, so cue the intro. It's Breaking Bell. Leave a message. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay so we are back live and on the air i feel like we're doing a radio show <laughs> this is radio free roscoe <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that show oh my gosh okay hi everyone welcome back to another episode today i am with another special guest would you like to introduce yourself Sure thing. Hi, everyone. My name is Aman. I don't know what else to say about myself. Um, Yeah, my name is Aman, and (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Breaking Bell. I am super excited to have Aman over here on this episode. A little bit of a background. He is my best friend, and we met in university in second, third year? It was like before the start of third year. Yeah, we met through this um, student group at Ryerson University. It's like an outreach program. And I think the first time we met was like at a meeting, like a team meeting. And yeah, we didn't realize that we were both studying the same major because we never had any classes together, which I find so strange. Like I know. That's like the craziest thing about it. Like we did the same major, the same minor, and we never had any classes together. Yeah, and, like, I would always have, like, similar types of people in all my classes, too. So, like, we were able to study and stuff. But, like, Aman and I never had the same classes. Or we would just have them in, like, different, I guess, like, semesters or just different profs. But it was just so weird to me that, like, we never had any overlap. I feel like the thing about our program specifically was that there were, like, just, like, cohorts made in a weird way. And, like, I guess the system just happened to place us all in, like, those specific groups of people. Like, I feel like I had classes always with, like, the same people. And then, like, you probably had that similar situation. Like, you had all of your classes with, like, the same people all the time. So it's weird because it's, like, different universes within one major. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, like, that actually makes a lot of sense. But I'm just kind of wondering how they were – maybe there's like, some algorithm or something that went into it. Yeah. I mean, we just weren't meant to have class together. I mean, sometimes I am, like, thankful that I don't have classes with certain friends or, like, just friends in general just because I'm just, like, in classes, I was very the type of person that needed to just concentrate, sit at the front, just do what I needed to do. Um, And I feel like, in a way, that kind of probably helped our friendship just because we never had to do, like, actual school projects together. And I feel like sometimes that can break apart friendships. Yeah, and, like, the fact that, like, we weren't, like, also seeing each other, like, every single day. Like, when we had student group meetings, that was probably, like, once or like maybe like three times max a week depending on if we had an event and I think what was also good was that even though we didn't have any classes together and we were just doing like the student group like we still made like an effort to like meet up with each other during happy hour at Joey's yeah or going to the campus pub for example so definitely university I think for our friendship like it was good like how it started because it just kind of like built up and as we like left university I definitely feel like it just got stronger because we were spending a lot more time with each other 
Yeah, and I feel like the funny thing is, like, I personally vividly remember how we first met and how we kind of became friends in a way. And I feel like it was just very, like, every time we talked and had a conversation, it was like we learned things about each other where we were just like, oh, my God, like, we have so many similarities. Yeah. Um, like, I remember the first time we ever talked was in a meeting for our student group. Mm-hmm. And we, like, I think added each other on Facebook to also just see if we have any mutual friends. Right. And we realized we do have a... Have a, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's I'm okay. going to mute my phone. Um, Mr. Popular over here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about it. Um, yeah, no, I remember we realized that we had a mutual friend, um, which I will mention, Makaya. Hi, Makaya. Shout out, Makaya. So I worked at a retail store with her, part-time job with her, and um, you went to high school with her. And then yeah. we both realized that we had that person in common. And so I think we both like really like Makaya. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Makaya has very genuine, friendly, nice mm-hmm. vibes. So I feel like we both were just like, oh, if that person is friends with Makaya, this person must be a good person. Yeah. Which is like yeah. crazy because like I love Makaya. Like she has literally not changed like who she is like on the inside as a person. She's very genuine, very kind. Like her personality is just so like it I feel like it just is on the same wavelength as Amon and I. Yeah. So I already knew like if this is our mutual friend and they've worked together, like that means Makaya knows like Amon like inside and out and like they're close and everything and like I know like Makaya like does like to keep kind of like a tighter circle so I already knew I was yeah. like okay this is great like this is foreshadowing a great friendship and I remember like the three of us like we went out I think maybe with like one or two other people like going out to the clubs or whatever and yeah. we would just hang out the three of us downtown Toronto and it was honestly every single time it's always a blast. Like, it's so fun. It really is. I really miss those days because obviously we can't do that right now. But uh, I used to have so much fun with you guys. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, a lot of the times, like, that I just spend, like, also independently with Amon. Like, we always have a good time. Like, we're always up to some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with a lot of friends, I do need to be, like, in groups to have a lot of fun. But I feel like you and I are just very okay i'm coming over and we're gonna do something fun and that's how it's gonna be and we're gonna have a great time yeah like we literally could just like sit like you know like at the pool and like i remember like i think it was like maybe last summer or two summers ago we were just sitting at the pool and there was this really really funny like vine or tiktok that i saw on twitter and it was like this guy recreating a scene from camp rock too <laughs> dad yeah we would do the craziest stuff oh i feel like gosh. now like i look back and i'm just like people at that pool probably thought we were like on coke or something yeah. because we truly were crazy and we're like most of the time always sober like we're reenacting like movie scenes we're just like laughing like crazy and everyone's just always looking at us but obviously like we don't care and yeah. when we went to miami we brought that you know that international energy out there Oh, yeah, 1000%. I feel like also we're the type of people to just like go to a party. And if it's boring, we'll just go to like the washroom and we'll just have a party of our own inside. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like the times that we've just like entered a party and we're like, party's here. Yeah. 1000%. That's happened so many times. And if people are boring, we're just like, okay, we're just going to go into the hallway or outside and just, you know, start a little party of our own and just get going. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Let's talk about that most wild story that I honestly felt kind of changed my life because (laughs) I don't want to be be dramatic, but it kind of was like my life flashed before my eyes. It kind of felt like a near-death experience, but your girl blacked out at a Burger King. That was like such a wild time because it was just, I feel like that was like my first, I had done edibles before, Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so just a little disclaimer out there for people listening outside of Canada, or I don't even, I don't know if it's like just in Ontario, but like mm-hmm. um, marijuana is legal over here. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I personally hadn't done um, marijuana too many times. I had smoked here and there before in the past, just because when I used to work at a part-time job, um, a lot of people used to smoke there, but I personally, just to like get off track for a second, I personally just can't smoke. I just, I think I've just yeah, been we talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. exposed to too much secondhand smoke, Right. Um, but I had done an edible once before. But this time, the story that we're about to talk about was like my first <laughs> real time doing like an edible and feeling the effects. Yeah. And oh my God, it was quite the situation. Yeah. And like, same with me. Like, I haven't done it like a lot previously. And like, I think that was the yeah. f- very first time like I actually did like a real like edible because like before, like I may have tried like a gummy or two, but like obviously yeah. it was like very, very low um, THC. So. It hit me a lot harder because I think like, so we were in Kensington Market, which is like this kind of like hipster, like, I don't know how else to explain it, like graffiti alley, like lots of little like shops and like pretty much like a really cool place to go to in the summertime in downtown Toronto. Yeah, yeah I would describe it as like just like a market with um, right. local vendors, local businesses, small businesses. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not been gentrified. It, you know, there's not a lot of uh, capitalism going on there. It's just mm-hmm. a very fun, friendly little nook in the Toronto area yeah and like it's a really great community of like I guess like like-minded or similar types of people yeah. um but we were just walking like we didn't really have any plans we're like oh let's just go downtown and we ended up in that area and we walked past this like little alleyway I guess and they were like doing like a little like Mary Jane weed festival situation <laughs> yeah I had no expectations for that day I think that day mm-hmm. me and you were just like oh yeah like it's a summer day it's a weekend let's just go and hang out at Kensington Market you know just because yeah. that's like a summer thing to do. Oh, I remember why we went. We went because like that cookie dough thing was like popping. Right, right, right. Was, the cookie dough like cereal milk thingy or whatever. Yeah, it was something yeah. like that. And it was like all over the internet. And I feel like Toronto mm-hmm. is notorious for having like very trendy summer like mm-hmm. restaurants and stuff, and stuff. Like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. So we so we had to go there and try that. And it was underwhelming. Really, <laughs> like, I, like, yeah. It was I mean, whatever. It was, it was just cookie dough and then a shot yeah, of A shot milk. of milk. Like... <laughs> We're like, okay, cool. But then we still wanted to like explore around. And then when we went to this like festival, they like ID'd us and then we went in and like in hindsight, like it's just kind of, it was a little sketchy, that situation, but it was cool because like there were actually like people in there and just vibing out. So we're like, okay, like we might as well check it out. And they had pretty good deals on their edibles. Yeah. I remember it was the deals that really like got us in. So I am used to like, I don't know, like the rates out on the streets. Um, (laughs) I do, I do know that like when people smoke, they would always tell me that like one gram of weed would always cost like around $10, which would be like one um, blunt, spliff, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so when we were here, we saw that this one vendor was having a sale on edibles. It was like two edibles for $15 and each of them was like 100 milligrams, which is one gram. So in my head, I was just like, oh my God, like this is such a good deal. Like we get two yeah. of these for $15. That would have usually costed like $20. Yeah. No, I actually think there were two grams each for the, the brown really? cookies. Oh my God, were they? Yeah, it was definitely more than one gram. Oh, damn. Yeah. Because... I think it was, yeah, maybe like 125, 150. I don't think it was 200 because we would have like actually died, but um, I actually died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you almost did, which was, uh, 
yeah something it was yeah so we each bought two so i think it was like brownie and cookies yeah so i think i got like one of each and then Amon got one of each and then we decided to just like chill there and like we ate like pretty much like 95 percent of like one brownie or one cookie yeah and- i ate my entire thing <laughs> Yeah, he ate the entire, like, cookie or brownie, and we it, obviously, like, edibles, like, they don't hit right away like a joint does, right? And so we were just, like, five and out, and I think that day, the only thing that was in our system was that cookie dough and milk shot. Like, we didn't eat anything else. We didn't have lunch yet. Yeah. And so after that, we're like, okay, like, what are we going to do now? So we decided to walk down, like, Spadina Street, and um, we passed by this bar, and we decided to go in for, like, a pitcher of sangria. So we had probably, like, two glasses each, again, on an empty stomach where we just had an edible. And looking back, I'm like, damn, and, alcohol and, okay. and edibles. <laughs> okay, I will just say a little bit of a disclaimer slash to kind of, like, you know, um, explain our decision for that. Yeah. I remember when we had the edible. We walked around Kensington after that for like a solid 30 to 40 minutes, just around and stuff. And I remember like, because again, I was very like new to edibles. I didn't know that it took around at least like 45 to like an hour and 30 minutes. Like it could take anywhere from around that, depending on like your, like your particular body, um, the edibles you had, the strain, a lot of variants in that. But I remember just like being so disappointed. I was like, wow, we just got shammed. We just like (laughs) went to this little weed festival and we just got bad weed. We were just, it was probably just oregano in it or something, you know? Oregano. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so I remember both of us were just like, I think I probably like, you know, started that idea of like, let's go and get drinks. Cause I was like, I don't feel anything, but like, you know, I'm out, I'm out here for like a good time. It's a weekend. I want to have like, you know, a nice time in downtown if we're out here. So um, yeah. let's go and get sangria because this weed is just not working. <laughs> yeah. And like, we obviously like at that time, I guess we weren't like a hundred percent aware of like the effects of like edibles and like yeah. mixing with like alcohol. Like honestly, like for anyone who's listening, please be careful to not mix weed and alcohol there's like you know just do your research before getting into that i know we weren't like super responsible with that but now we know because of the experience that we had right after (laughs) yeah i agree definitely like we let us be the example for you um please don't you know mess up your body um be very careful be you know if you're ever going to try edibles or read for the first time try it out within like a very like low amount um with food in your stomach at home with water um with somebody nearby who knows that you're doing this and is sober so that they're able to take Mm -hmm. care of you if something bad does happen so just put in that out there for people because um what you're about to hear further in this story is an example (laughs) of what you should not do with weed yeah so let us be that example for you because right after we had our drinks and everything we're like okay like we should probably get some food because you know of course, empty stomach alcohol, like we realized that like, we probably should get some food in our stomach. And so close by was a Burger King, it was around the corner. So we decided to go in for some snacks. And I just put on some nuggets, like girl was hungry. And so we went into the Burger King, we ordered food. And like, at this point, like still nothing was hitting me until we sat down so like we had our food and everything and like we sat down we were about to eat and I remember I could feel like the sun just like hitting the side of my face yeah and then I started to get like really really like lightheaded dizzy like everything was kind of spinning and I was like okay like I'm this is like so strange so like I decided to stand up 
<laughs> I don't know why, but I stood up and I think I was like telling you like, oh my gosh, like I don't feel oh so my God, well. That was like the most dramatic thing that's ever happened in my life. Like honestly, I still remember it very, very vividly. I remember so yeah. we, we got a bunch of snacks and stuff. It had ha- already started hitting me like when we were at the previous restaurant drinking the sangria. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I couldn't stop laughing. Um, but, <laughs> but I thought that was normal. But I thought it was just like maybe like the liquor that was kind of like hitting me from the sangria. Um, mm-hmm. But when we got to Burger King, I remember both of us were just sitting. We were sitting beside a window. We were having like a good time. We were kikiing, you know, um, with our mozzarella sticks and stuff. And yes. I, yeah, I remember like the exact moment when like you looked at me and you were just like, you knew I was. Gonna I you just had done. this face on your look where you were oh just, like, God. I am starting to see like only different colors. Like I, I can only see like one color. Um, I remember you saying that to me. And then I was like literally like worried. I was just like, oh my God, like what the fuck is she going blind? Um, <laughs> it was so bad because it was like tunnel vision, right? Like everything else was just closing out like in my yeah. vision. And then like before I knew it, like I was on the ground and like I blacked out for a second, but then I woke up and like a mom was like holding me, right? And I'm just like looking at him. And, and like, I honestly thought I was going to die. And like, I was saying all this like crazy stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm freaking out. Like, I don't remember what I said exactly, but I was like panicking. And I was like, yeah. I flash before my eyes. Like, what's happening? So, like, like water. So, the moment you got up from your seat, um, you looked at me and you were just like, I'm on, I'm gonna faint, I'm gonna fall. And then, oh, literally, yes, within yes, the yes. matter of like two seconds, like, your eyes, like, just like, flipped back and you like fell to the floor and I remember thinking oh my god like what the fuck is happening because I'm also like insanely high and I don't know what to do and you know you're on the floor like passed out I literally thought like you were dying as well because um I believe also at the same time there is that um the whole thing about fentanyl being mixed into uh, weed. And that was like a whole thing going around. It was like all over the news that like, you know, you have to be really careful with uh, Mm -hmm. weed that you take and buy from people. And so I was just like, oh shit, like we got bad weed and there was fentanyl and my my best friend is dying. Like shit. Yeah. And like, I felt so bad too, because like I knew he was high and I was like, oh gosh, like his anxiety must be like running through the roof and like, I was just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, what are my parents going to think? Like, what if I end up dying? Like, I don't want, like, my last moments to be in a Burger King. Like- yeah, I was having such an internal conflict because a part of me was just like, oh, my God, like, I need to, like, get help. I need to call 911 or something. I need to do something. But then a part of me was also just like, oh, my God, like, I you know when you're, like, high, you're just, like, so scared and you're so nervous and you're so anxious. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want any attention on us. I feel like people are looking at us and looking at us, like, very weird. And I remember for a while, nobody came. Like yeah people were just like staring at us because i guess that sounds so rude because we just look like you know just the local crackheads in this area exactly yeah um it was like in an area where like there's like a bunch of crackheads like that area just frequents crackheads like no shade to crackheads but you know like it was i guess expected and they guess they filtered us in that same category but i was literally dying and then i remember like getting up and then like i had to like throw up so i threw up food because i didn't want to be rude and just throw up all over the ground i mean you did um oh i did i I honestly don't remember it was just everywhere and like 
I think at one point, like one person came up to me. I don't remember if it was like an employee, but it was like a man. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, can you get me water? And then like, he left, but then like no one ended get like ended up getting me water. And I was like, okay, like that's so, kind of rude. Yeah. That guy, I still remember his face. So I believe he came and I think he mentioned like he like worked for like paramedics or something like that. Oh, but right. I, yes, I, yes, I remember he was like kind of laughing at us. Um, yeah, because he he was kind of like he probably thought like we were like joking around or just like having like a weird experience, which was really rude because it's like we were actually like actually thought you were dying because you grew up mm-hmm. everywhere. And then I will never forget like you like grabbing like um the paper bag and all of your food was still in it like a lot of it, yeah. and you just threw up in it. And I was like so sad because I was like I was really looking forward to eating those mozzarella sticks, <laughs> but I guess not anymore. Um. And the funny part was, like, you were wearing white that that day, but, like, you managed to not get throw up on any of your clothing. Yeah, or, like, on any of my hair. I was so lucky. And, like, I think, like, I realized, like, okay, like, I can't throw up anymore. Like, I need to go to the washroom and, like, clean this mess up. So, like, I ended up somehow getting to the washroom. Like, I went myself, and I think, like, we were trying to, like, figure things out and, like, clean out, like, outside. And so I was banging on the washroom door, and, like, it was locked because there was someone inside. And, like, I just kept banging, and, like, the guy was so angry. He's like, hold on! And I'm like, please, I hurry up! (laughs) And then, like, I think he just was like, oh, my gosh, like, who's this, like, annoying bitch, like, banging at the door? Yeah. it's not that serious but then like when he saw me with like my hand like over my mouth I'm like sweating and pale he's like oh oh my god I'm so sorry and then like he runs out of like the bathroom and then like I'm like over the sink and I'm trying to throw up but like I couldn't anymore so I guess like I was done at that point yeah I, I do remember that like the um there's this one Burger King employee she was so sweet she was the one that like I believe came and gave you water and then she like started like helping us clean um a part of me like I was just like do I like give her like a tip or something like because like we just caused a huge mess in the middle of a Burger King but then a part of me was also like really anxious like I was just like oh I don't know what to do and I I believe like at one point we just like ran out of Burger King and I was like okay I'm never going back to this location ever again Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it was so crazy because like I remember like we were we actually tried to clean up as much as we could by like actually throwing out our trash so I was like I feel bad for someone else handling my stuff after I just kind of like you know projectile or whatever vomited everywhere and then we left the burger king like it was nice to get some fresh air but then like i was still thirsty so there was a 7-eleven or whatever like close by and i wanted to get a drink and i should have gotten water because i think we ended up getting a slushie yeah. instead and the thing is when you have more sugary drinks that actually increases your high and that sugary drink also made me a lot more like dehydrated yeah so it was like not a good idea because I was like sitting like outside of the 7-Eleven like trying to like drink as much of this slushy as possible and I was like in and out and we were like freaking out and I know like you were still trying to figure out if we should call an ambulance or yeah. not but we knew that like whatever we did we had to get rid of the evidence first because like so so what happened was yeah when we left the Burger King I believe we got the drinks and we were sitting literally I don't know like I think about this all the time and I'm like wow we really were chaotic um we were sitting yeah. on like the ledge of like the sidewalk and the street on a busy mm-hmm. street and I remember you kept fainting like every five minutes or so like you like had energy for like five minutes and then you would just like all of a sudden pass out and I'd be like oh my god and that's when I was just like yeah fuck this um weed whatever is like we have left over I need to throw out ASAP um 
And then we were, I believe we were like supposed to see, like, I think you were going to go and see your sister afterwards at like um, another place. But I remember thinking like, do we call her sister? Like, what do we do? Cause I don't know what to do in this situation. Yeah. Like, do I take you to the hospital? Do I like just Uber you home? I think I was about to call an Uber to just send you home directly. But then I was like, mm-hmm. what, like, she still won't be okay. Like her parents are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong? And you're going to obviously have issues. So it's like, what do we do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I definitely had to sober up. So I think we just ended up calling it. You called an Uber to the yeah. hospital. And I barely remember like the ride there. I just remember getting to the hospital. And like, I remember telling him, I was like, why are we in a shopping mall or a grocery <laughs> store? And like, because this hospital had like a bunch of like stores, yeah. like a shopper's drug bar and stuff. And I was like, why are we here? And then like the next thing, like I knew I was like in a hospital bed. Yeah. And then you were, like, feeling a little bit sick. So then I know you went to the washroom and tried to, like, throw up or something. Yeah. But... It was, like, I kind of – I feel like everything caught up to me, like, once we got into the hospital. Because I feel like everything that was happening, I was kind of, like, in the mode where I was, like, shit, I need to figure things out. I need to just, like, you know, yeah, sober up. And stuff. But then yeah. once we got to the hospital and, like, once you were admitted, <laughs> um, I was – everything just caught up. And I remember going to the washroom and I didn't throw up, but I remember just, like – sitting there like on the toilet just being like what am I doing what is my life um where am I um you know that hospital smell also was like in my and so I was like oh what am I doing I was just like so 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 scared yeah and it was like the thing is when I was sitting down with a doctor too and he was asking me like oh like what happened obviously like he probably took my blood like he knew I was high so he he asked me he's like did you take any like marijuana or like whatever alcohol and he's like don't worry like i won't tell your parents or anything. <laughs> yeah. and, and i was like yes and i think like they weren't so harsh because they've probably seen cases like this before and it's like legal i'm of legal age too yeah. so he was just like oh like you'll be fine just like rest here for a while and then like when you feel ready like you guys can go like you're free to go whatever and take this all in so we met up like early in the afternoon and this whole thing like happened probably around like later in the day so like three four o'clock and by the time we were like at the hospital like it was out because I know I didn't leave until like seven or eight at night and I think you ended up TDCing home oh my God. the subway and I was like yeah how? I don't know how I how did, did that, you even either. To do that I I mean okay this is also like back in the day when we, like we were in university and um we didn't have the most money like you know we were on we had internship jobs or part-time jobs and we didn't have money so mm-hmm. in my head like I always used to back in the day avoid taking Ubers because it was always so expensive and I don't know why yeah. I like thought like yeah like I could totally get home with the TDC I literally got on a streetcar after the hospital then to the subway, then to the I was so, like, concerned because, like, yeah, you had to take a streetcar and then the yeah. subway and then the RT and then a bus yeah, home, right? Was... Or unless you got picked up at the I think station. I got picked up, but it was still, like, a while. Like, I... That's a long... Yeah, that's, like, more than an hour commute. And I'm just, like, 
that's wild I definitely like contemplated that I was like should I take the TDC too and then I was like no so then I actually ended up calling my mom and I think they had like a fam jam like a like some friends over and so like my mom was drinking so she couldn't come get me my dad was drinking too so we had a family friend who actually happened to be sober and he drove while my mom sat in shotgun and when they got to the hospital like at this point like I was by myself and I was just like sitting and like I had a blanket around me because I was cold and my mom's like drunk (laughs) and she's just like what happened like are you okay like normally if she was sober she would be yelling at me and like not having it so I was kind of thankful yeah I also just want to put out there that I the only reason I left Isabel alone in the hospital was because I was so scared that like if her mom came um I would have gotten like yelled at or like I think this is also before I like started getting to know your mom a little bit more uh like early days in our friendship so I I hadn't been to your Mm -hmm. house or anything so I was like I didn't really like know how your parents would be like I mean now if something like that happened obviously like I would be there I would call your parents directly and figure that all out but it was like I didn't know Mm -hmm. them right so I was like oh my god I need to like run home before her parents come because I don't want to get yelled at I don't want to be known as that like friend that like you know yeah so I left for that reason but I only left after like you know you were in the proper care of the doctors and stuff so just want to put out that out there yeah you guys Juan's a great (laughs) friend honestly like I told him he could leave too because like I didn't want like anything like I didn't know how my mom would react I didn't know if he would like call like Amon's parents and be like oh like this is what happened because I didn't tell my parents about the weed I was just like oh yeah like I drank too much she's probably like shocked like why did you drink so much like during the day yeah i mean it is what it is right so yeah we've had better we've had actually more intense experiences of drinking during the day in miami so oh yeah this is oh yeah new (laughs) just kind of foreshadowed how intense you know like actually no i would say i wouldn't say foreshadow i would say like this had to have happened like early on in our friendship just so like we could be like aware of like you know like how each other like is and like we both know that we could like take care of each other in the future and like you know like just looking out for each other so I think this was like good that it happened like early on because in ways like it did bring us yeah I I definitely agree with you it kind of like taught us that we could trust each other and depend on each other in like a really bad situation Um, which was Mm -hmm. really nice because I know that like after having gone through that entire situation, I know that like if that was me in that situation, you would have done the exact same for me. So exactly. it was mm-hmm. it was definitely a moment of um, you know solidifying our friendship. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. It was crazy, and like sometimes like the Snapchat memories <laughs> pop back up on my phone, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this was the day that I died and I was reborn. Yeah, <laughs> wild times. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's one of the many crazy stories that we have both experienced together. Uh, I'm sure some of y'all have heard about some of our Miami (laughs) stories, one which is posted on my YouTube about the cheating fiance, which Amon was the person that I went on this trip with. So he knew everything as was happening. (laughs) But... Uh, anyways let's not get into that story because that is a whole thing but you know time to move away a little bit and segue into some more I guess the serious aspects or the more like professional aspects yeah let's do it let's talk about it So I guess like because we both were studying HR in university and like we both ended up graduating and starting in a career that was related to HR, um, I guess like we 
I don't know if people are interested in hearing about like our experiences like post university with like our jobs. Um, I've only been working as a coordinator doing like mostly like administrative stuff for like the first two years. And I recently just got a new job as a recruiter and Amon has been a recruiter for a while working in corporate. So this is interesting because I'm on an agency side now and he's on the corporate side. And I guess like now I have like a lot of questions for Amon and like, it's great because he's already had this experience in both corporate and agency. And I don't know, like what, what do you want to share with the people about, you know, HR? Why do you like it? Why are you in it? Do you think you're going to continue in it? Great questions you got there. Um, Yeah, so I kind of got into HR because the program that we both were in, um, the first year, basically, it's undeclared major, you kind of just do courses in every single area of business, like accounting, finance, um, HR, marketing, etc. And then I kind of really liked Mm -hmm. the HR aspect, because number one, there's like very little math required, which I'm not the best in math. Yes, that was my number um, one. Yeah, too. exactly. And then secondly, like I really do like working with people and that human connection. Um, I always wanted to have some sort of job where like I got to interact with humans and, you know, help someone's life a little bit out. Um, so I kind of chose HR in that kind of way with that mindset. Um, and then mm-hmm. I yeah, just, you know, did HR. We were in a bunch of student groups together. So we both got to practice different areas of HR, such as like recruiting, onboarding, uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, training and development, all that mm-hmm. kind of fun stuff. Um, we went to a school that was there is a big pressure because it, I mean, it's a business school, right? So there was a big pressure for you to get mm-hmm. internships and job opportunities like right after graduating. So um, that was a little bit tough, but I feel like that definitely pushed us to work really hard while we were at university. So I did internships. I did one in um, the Ontario government. Um, then I got to work a little bit in agency when I graduated. Um, I worked in corporate, I worked in campus recruitment. So I worked in like the school side while I was at mm-hmm. school, I did a work study. So I kind of fell in love with campus recruitment. Um, and then when yeah. I had graduated after the summer, um, yeah, just like I mentioned, I did agency recruitment. I personally didn't like it, but it's because like, I just didn't have any experience with recruitment at all. Um, and I feel like I was very fresh out of university. So I was kind of just, um, a little bit overwhelmed with everything, just, you know, finishing your classes and starting a full-time job right after can be a little bit exhausting on the mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took the summer off basically to chill and just learn a little bit more about myself and what I wanted to really go into and find my dream job. And I ended up getting my dream job. So I worked at campus in campus recruitment at RBC. Um, and then I'm currently at Canadian Tire Corporation as a talent acquisition consultant in the early careers talent team, um, which is really great. I love it. I love campus recruitment. Uh, but HR is definitely one of those areas that has a lot of different streams. So it's kind of nice because, you know, mm-hmm. once I get to the point where I'll be tired with recruitment, I can easily, you know, go on to another area of HR and learn, you know, either diversity inclusion or compensation or training and development or something completely mm-hmm. different. So that's also why I chose it, just because I wanted to have a career where I could see longevity and variety. Wow, very insightful. Do you think like, honestly, like HR is like where you're at? And like, you think that you would realistically like stay in like this kind of industry long term? Like, have you ever thought about like marketing or communications or like something like completely? different? Yeah. So I mean, when I was in high school, I really wanted to become a nutritionist. I really loved 
food and nutrition. Ooh. I loved that entire course. I got such great marks in it. Um, loved doing all the assignments for it and loved cooking and stuff. But with that also, um, you yeah. know, you needed to have sciences and really good marks in sciences to get into a university program. So I kind of like mm. kind of just took that off the board and thought about what else I wanted to go into and started doing a few business courses in high school. So I did accounting and marketing and I really liked those. So I was like, okay, this is it. Um, in terms of HR, now that I've been in this, you know, it'll be almost three years this May that I've been in this industry full time. Um, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I personally, if I had to go back to university, I probably would have done something in public relations or something. Ooh, yeah, yeah, or something a little too. bit more creative, like graphic design. Um, I feel like now more than ever, there's you know, so many creative, fun things that I'm interested in and really want to do. But obviously, I don't have the educational background or um, experiences in it. Uh, I really, you know, mm -hmm. in campus recruitment, the thing that I like the most compared to regular recruitment is that you do get to be creative and talk to students, but also come up with various, like, fun initiatives for students um, to get them engaged. You know, you get to work on branding because that's such a big piece because campus recruitment is still one of those areas that's still developing. Um, you know, a lot of companies do have it, but a lot of companies are still growing their campus recruitment teams and their initiatives and, you know, how they look um, and to get students a part of their company. So I feel like it's a really great area where I could do a lot of work still and be creative and kind of redesign things. But I definitely want to possibly go back to school to learn something a little bit more creative. Mm -hmm. And I think like with like the digital age and like quarantining and everything, like we've had so much time like, yeah. at home. And I guess like, you know, not, not having to travel to work takes up, you know, like that in and of itself takes up a lot of time, like of our lives. And like now that we're just like at home, like I know it can be harder to find motivation to like get into like these side projects. But Amon and I both have started yes. small businesses um, in like the last couple of months. And I think for us, like how we learn to be creative or how we put like our creativity like out there is really just through like doing like freelance stuff, like doing stuff like on our own time and like. You, you have created so much great branding oh, for you. your business. Shout out, plug, Segology. Thank you. So have you on your business. Makes heat. <laughs> it's honestly been so fun. And like, yeah, I think for us, like that's just how we channel our creativity. Like we both also really yeah. like taking pictures and editing our photos. And like he has a very consistent feed as well. And so, you know, I think like not even working corporate or whatever in like a marketing or communications like industry like we both have ways of showcasing our creativity through like our social media or like in like everyday life or I guess like from how we dress or whatever like it's yeah just, it's everywhere and it kind of even like but, yeah we find it kind of goes even day. back to like the foundation of our friendship uh when we worked on the student group I feel like what I saw in like you yes. and kind of like in myself as well was we both really just wanted to create fun initiatives for students, fun things, um, just always, you know, working on projects and making sure everything is perfect. And, uh, you know, from there on, we've kind of just developed and created even more further projects and done all those things simultaneously. And it's been really cool to watch each other's journeys, like even just you, like seeing yourself, you know, going to an influencer like style format and, you know, and you've really like done the damn thing, you know, like you actually like take it very Aww. seriously. And so it's so cool just even like watching you come up with content for that. Thank you. And obviously, like you've been such a great supporter of that. And I think like us just being so similar in that way, like we just know like the things that are like going to get people talking that are going to get people yeah. excited, like 
I have to say, like, we're, pr- we're both pretty good, like, planners, like, event planners. Like, we know, like, how to make things, yeah, like, Yeah, 1,000%. Like, and, like, yeah, like, again, like, I don't even know how to, like, describe, like, our personality or our sense of humor. But, like, we're very similar. Like, you just have to, like, spend, yeah. like, a couple hours with us. And you'll understand, like, how, like our energy is like crackhead energy but like we're always just sober like it's just like part well we're not i think sober, we, both, but... we both have like type <laughs> a personalities but it, it it's not like as crazy strict it's very like okay but at the same time like have fun with it so like whatever projects, yeah we can like yeah. adjust to like the environment yeah like whatever like, projects we both do i feel like we both take very seriously but also like add like some sort of like fun twist to it and make sure that everything is organized and that you know i think also we both always have a clear vision in our heads exactly as to what we want something to look like and we're both good at making that come true Mm-hmm. which has been like so like essential like for you know our friendship just from like learning from each other as well too. yeah so yeah we've had obviously like we haven't seen each other like a lot like this past year but like when we've had had the opportunity like we always just like well, there's so yeah. much to talk about like there's never any like awkwardness awkward silences but like we're also comfortable in each other's silence yeah. as well and like he's like my parents love and I love your parents like, <laughs> oh my gosh like yeah like my mom's like had drinks with my parents like (laughs) that one time like he was napping on my couch yeah your dad like so like softly and gently like you know saw me i'm just sleeping on your couch and (laughs) that i was a little bit cold and like he just came and put a blanket on me which was like the sweetest thing ever um and even just like with your mom I didn't even know he would do that. Like that was so cute. I know it was was it was such a sweet moment because I was just like, oh, this is so nice. Um and even like your mom just like um (laughs) playing footsie with her. That sounds so weird. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean your mom and I have like No, you guys were playing rock paper. Yes, with our toes. Yeah. I feel like that I feel like footsie was a was a better was it was a way of me to describe it, but I mean playing, yeah, rock paper scissors was a better way. Is that weird? So, I mean, I, I guess people don't, like, really know what that means. But for those who don't know, Amon has this thing where he can, like, spread his big toe and his, like, index toe, like, pretty Oh, yeah. Like, I can pick up a water bottle. Like, I'm pretty sure he could. Yeah, I could, I could do <laughs> a lot yeah, with it. And I feel like your mom was very intrigued by it. And she was just like, um, I almost have the same talent. So let's have a duel. I'm crying. The gap is astronomical. Yeah, it really is. Oh, man. I honestly, like, just wish we had more chances to have those types of intimate (laughs) moments. (laughs) You were also feeding my dog watermelon. Like, granted, there was a fork in between his toes. He wasn't just grabbing it. I would not treat any dog like that. Even, Even kimchi, who's kind of crazy and wild. Um... Oh, you guys have such an interesting Yeah, your dog, like, hates me sometimes, <laughs> but, like, loves me sometimes. It really depends. Like, sometimes she's biting me, and sometimes she's sitting right beside me, and she's just, like, mm-hmm. totally chilled and relaxed and just having a great time. Until you get up, and then she's just, like, barking and, like, aggressive. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm telling y'all, she, she did not get it from me. Unless I'm like that. <laughs> I don't know. Your dog is definitely know. a crackhead, but, I mean, it's, it's totally okay. <laughs> doesn't get it from me I'm okay yeah. or maybe just, just a little, little bit. bit maybe a little bit 
Oh, man. So I'm trying to think if there's like anything else we want to share or mention before we close off this first collaborative episode. Is there anything you'd like to add, shout out, mention? Um, I mean, I, I know that we mentioned it just like a little bit, but we've definitely, you know, traveled a little bit locally in North American area. Um, and, mm-hmm. I think yeah, Niagara Falls was our first trip. Right? And I feel like, like I feel like something that also like mm-hmm. I learned very quickly is that like we travel well together. Um, I, I feel that it's... Yes, yes, we should talk about I, that. Sometimes with friends, it can be hard to travel and you never know how it's going to end up. Just be, I'm not going to name names or say anything shady with friends. But, you don't know if they're going to poop in bags. Yeah, we could just use your example. But like, I feel like you have to, if you, they always say like a test for any kind of relationship, whether it's like an intimate relationship or a friendship is um, how well you travel with somebody. Um, and if you're able to do it peacefully and mm-hmm. properly. And so when we went to Niagara Falls, obviously that's a very local trip. It's just a quick drive down, but it was such a great time. And we were in a group of people, but it was really great. We had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we went to Miami together, I personally, like, I, I think I've told you this before, but I was kind of scared beforehand. Cause mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm scared. We're just like, not going to like either vibe for like a minute or two during the trip or we're not going to do the same sort of things. Mm-hmm. But the minute we got there, we had mm-hmm. such a good time. We were so in sync. We were even in sync with our naps. Like we had, we napped at the same time. We did everything at the same time. It was so perfect. And it was like, honestly, like one of the best trips of my life. Honestly, same. I think it's just like everything like about us, like from like the little details, like we're both planners, like we planned this trip like to a T, like when we were going to go to Mexico, like before like COVID and stuff, like we had yeah. like planning done research and like everything we created like an itinerary and my other best friend Catherine lives in Miami. So like we spoke with her on the phone like a couple of times just to plan out like, what are the best places to go to for like this or that and like we're both like pretty like cleanly and yeah. organized people. Um, Mom loves cleaning, so like that's also <laughs> a bonus. So like, <laughs> and like everything was just like it worked out. And I don't think that like there's too many people out there that you can find that have this like alignment, such a close alignment. And we're both like the same yeah. type of like partier, and like we're both like very similar like personalities. Like we both love going out. We're very extroverted at the same time. Like we like to have those like more chill moments where we're just like sitting at a beach and just like enjoying like the peacefulness. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. it's so key when you find these people and you gotta hold on to them and you know go on as many trips as possible. And I'm really hoping that we can Yeah, do I'm that praying. I, I feel like the next trip we need to take is we just need to go bigger, go home and just we just need to go to Bali or something. Oh yes. I mean I'm if you're down, down, I'm down. Literally have been thinking about that for a long time. Don't know how wild we can get in Bali, but I mean, Yeah. If we if we were able to okay, so the Clevelander is a oh my God, door the Clevelander. or whatever in Miami. <laughs> we have to talk about this. The first night we met, we went, it was wild. And then the second time, like we decided to go back because we wanted to like experience that wildness again. But I think we yeah. went on a Sunday, so it wasn't as busy. And so we're like, okay, like no one's dancing. So we were like the only two. We like danced our way onto the dance floor. We were like hyping it up. And then like we eventually yes. built a crowd. And I remember when we we went to the um, airport because we were leaving the next day. And there were like literally people who came up to us. And they're like, weren't you guys like the two that were dancing at the club? Yeah. Place? Oh, my God. That was so, oh, my God. It was a wild time. <laughs> I'm like, do y'all want an autograph? I know. It was so crazy because, like, I honestly, I think that was, like, something that we didn't plan on doing that wasn't in our itinerary. Um, We had kind of, like, thought, 
we had like heard a little bit about like some famous you know clubs that are in Miami you know the ones that people always talk about like 11 or whatever else um story and that mm -hmm, kind of stuff story. and so we kind of were anticipating on doing a little bit more of that but we did that on the first night of the trip and it was very typical to like how clubbing is in Toronto so we were just like no, no we need to do we need to switch things up mm -hmm. and we need to try something out new and we ended up at like yeah we we end up getting in this line of this place we get into the wrong line of the club mm -hmm. and where we get to the end of the line and you know the guy is just like okay like you know where do you want to go and we were just like we wanted to go to the club right beside us and he's just like okay well quietly just give me $20 yeah. and I'll take you to the kitchen and he takes yeah. me to the kitchen of this <laughs> random hotel that's like next to the Cleveland Cleveland club and we're all mm -hmm. of a sudden we're in this club and yeah, it was such a great time because, like, the people that were on the dance floor, like, on the first night, they were, like, vibing. Like, it was so cool. It was, like, a yeah, full-on, like, we all were just partying together. Um, and then, yeah, the next night when, like, mm -hmm. we went back and it was empty, we still managed to make an entire crowd. We made so many friends that night. We hyped it up. Um, we became kind of famous in a way. <laughs> we yeah. actually did it. <laughs> One time famous. Hopefully they miss us if we go back. Uh, wear the same outfits again. We were wearing like kind of like SpongeBob Patrick themed. Like well, that's another thing about us. Like I feel like we both always unintentionally end up matching. I mean, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes yes, we, we do like talk before we... we go somewhere. We're just like, oh, like yeah. what are you wearing? And then if you're just like, oh, I'm gonna wear a teddy jacket and this, I'm like, oh well, I happen to have the same thing in my closet, so I'm gonna wear that too. Um, and then yeah, we actually sometimes coordinate our outfits, which is crazy. I remember, like, the time that we, like, literally coordinated to a T was, like, when we went downtown to a party and we both wore, like, a black shirt and then we both wore, like, a yes! tearaway <laughs> pants. <laughs> our teddy jacket. Yes, we both were on the bus and I, I still have a Snapchat of it. Like, we both looked, people probably were just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, why are they in, like, a costume? Oh because they look we literally looked like we were, like, going to, like, a costume party, like, as, like, a matching thing. Yeah, because of the pants. But we've coordinated, like, our outfits, like, in Miami as well. Like, we did, like, all white outfits. We've done, like, colorful outfits. I feel like in Miami, in, in Miami I feel like we kind level. of, uh, it was kind of unintentional because I feel like we both packed separately and we didn't like anticipate on having matching things but then once we got there and we opened our stuff we did have we the did. exact same things we were just like oh shit like this works out perfectly yeah yeah it's crazy honestly like it's just we're on we're just yeah, mentally we really joined are. somehow like truly telepathically <laughs> But I am going to end off the episode here. I will definitely bring a mom back on to discuss other trending topics or other crazy stories that we're definitely probably going to have, yes. especially when we can hang out again or travel together. But thank you so much for being my second guest on the podcast. I did. I hope you had thank a you for time having me. Yes, of course. And Amon also started a podcast recently with yeah, his friend. Sure. Wanna, like, so I basically uh, started about. a podcast with my one of my best friends, Sam. Um, it's basically about discussions on RuPaul's Drag Race, um, all reality television like Real Housewives, um, Summer Deck, some other Bravo TV shows. So um, yeah, we're we're on anywhere you can find podcasts. So we're called the at low budget bitches the low budget bitches sorry um so we're also on instagram so you can follow us there um and yeah so if you like reality television please subscribe to us 
Yeah, I will leave that information in the description. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Breaking Bell. I will be posting new episodes every Wednesday. So don't forget to follow the podcast and my social media at Bell Not Bella over on Instagram for updates. Love you all and catch you at the Bye next everyone. Party.